Hey, welcome back to the golf podcast. So today, one thing we've got to break down uh, is talking about this whole live PGA tour thing. I want to kind of dig into what's happened in the last couple of weeks because yeah. I feel like we're just still so in the dark here. And on top of that, if they're coming together as a merger, why does it still feel so much like a rivalry? Because I think it always will. You think so? Yep. And, and I think Phil's comments, which we're going to read you guys in a second, kind of, again, fan the flames mm -hmm. uh, just in the last 24 hours or so. Uh, but I think it's it's a huge lack, too, on the side of the PGA Tour or ever, whoever the new totaled controlling, you know, type of, uh, I guess, whoever the controlling body is of all this now, once the merger kind of settles of this bigger new group that's being formed, is just owing some more information. Yeah. Because it's trickling mm -hmm. out. We had a memo that came out from Jay. And another like interesting little thing that kind of like sailed by, but I think it was a huge piece of news that a lot of people miss. So we'll talk about that. But it's like it's just the the information is not there, and and I, I mean, almost wonder if I'm in a player's position, mm. I'm starting to think like I need to know more. Yeah, you know, this season is right. kind of winding down. Then we're going to start the next season and the wraparound season. Yeah, it just keeps What's going. What's going on? Mm -hmm. Right. So we got a lot, of course, to talk about that. I also want to talk about Freddie. <laughs> we we love oh, the guy, Freddy. but it looks like he. Uh, he might have leaked some of the uh, captain's picks. Yep. Which I would say. Typical Freddy. Typical Freddy. <laughs> some some come as no surprise, though. Yeah, no doubt. But the no big doubt. thing, and, and we're going to dig into this, JT, he is the big question mark. And yet another yeah. disappointing performance, missing the cut at the 3M this past week. He His back's against the wall. Yeah, let's chat about him, too, today, because there's some interesting nuggets that you ta even taught me about. With that he's got to do this week yeah so and and, against and the wall indeed things have changed with the with the fedex cup playoffs yep. and there's a lot more riding on the line there's some new stuff so <sighs> we got a lot to talk about and then after all that i want to even dig into a little bit of our own stuff our own plan some travel stuff that's coming up yeah. uh some new series that are yeah. coming up we've got a lot of exciting things on the fire so let's first uh let's first start with this this whole idea and and, and talk about what's going on with with live and with the pga tour so remember this is kind of coming in, in 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 drips and drabs we're not getting a ton of information but we had this this memo that went out from jay monahan and in it first of all let's the big thing that i thought was he's going to talk in a second we're going to get into it about how these pathways for for live players to get back into the pga tour <laughs> so first of all he's saying that there, that there yeah. will be a way but what's going to be that way mm -hmm. but the other thing is in the beginning of this he's he noted that the pga tour is not going to accept any golf ball rollback yeah that was his uh big kind of like i need to do something big to win people's trust back. you think that's what it is i think so come out of the gate hot with that it's a bombshell I mean, it, it slid by in this in this memo, but it's a bombshell because mm. I think to me that largely kills the rollback. Yes, because of course, remember this was the USGA uh -huh. and RNA, and the, if if they decided to plow ahead, and for just bringing you guys up to speed, if anybody missed this over the last couple of weeks, the rollback what we're talking about is this idea of kind of dialing back. Uh, the performance of the ball. I think it was taking something like 10 or 15% off of the ball as far as distance goes. And a lot of the equipment manufacturers push back hard against this because uh, the silly idea of having to manufacture two different balls 
And on top of that, like the idea with the game has always been that we can play the same equipment right. that the tour players are mm. playing. So to have a different ball would be kind of silly, whatever it may be. This is kind of this and idea. Everyone was against it for the most part. It seemingly. Yeah. There was a couple voices that came out like okay with it. Like I think Rory, Rory was, was even like, on the fence. Mm -hmm. But the idea was that you wouldn't have to keep lengthening the golf courses. We did a whole show on it. And I, I talked about my personal opinion was that you can make golf courses plenty tough without always having to just make them longer. Longer is not necessarily always the, the way to make a course harder. Mm -hmm. uh, but long story short, <clears throat> short, Jay comes in basically indicating that they're not going to accept this. If that's true, that means the only places you might see a rollback ball would be the U.S. Open. The uh, and the what do you call it? The the British Open, yeah. And of course, Augusta does whatever they want to do with the Masters, and the PGA, which is separate from the PGA Tour, would do whatever they want with the PGA Championship. I just personally think that's the reason that's the nail in the co coffin for this. You can't expect these guys to play with a different ball for two to four events per year. You can't do that. How do you get ready? How do you prep? It's hard. And does that mean the U.S. Open, they're going to keep the courses ridiculously hard as well? I, always. I mean, so it's like, the U.S. Let Open. let them bomb it. It's hard enough. It's hard. It's, yeah, exactly. You know, you double whammy right there. To me, though, like, it would be a nightmare on players and caddies to be playing one ball all the time in the PGA Tour and then go out there and try to, uh, to like recalibrate. Or, oh, no, wait. Sorry. Six. My right. Bad. Yeah. Let's factor in the wind, the ball, the slope. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's the, the you know, nail in the coffin for that because the only way that would have succeeded is I think if all pro tours were on board and we just like all professional touring events are going to be played with this new rolled back ball. and the rest. So I think that there's a lot of players. I think there's a lot of equipment manufacturers are all kind of sigh of relief after seeing so. that memo. I think so. Yep. But digging deeper into the memo, what um, what Jay had said was that there's going to be basically a a, a task force that they're, they're putting together to evaluate these, what they're calling pathways for live players to get back to the PGA Tour. And they're going to be almost, it seems like, assessing it on a case-by-case -case basis of what the disciplinary actions will be. Mm. So I do find this interesting because they're still saying that in a way you're you're treating your live defectors as having done something wrong. Right. Because this disciplinary action. So what they're talking about is possible uh, fines, penalties, and monetary value. They're also talking about suspensions. For example, one thing that was thrown up in the air was this idea of a one-year suspension from your last live event. Mm. But I'm also like, wait a minute, though. Like, <laughs> to me, it's like Jay made such a 180 on Liv when they went ahead with the merger. Right. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like the Saudi money wasn't a problem. Right. Like, right. I know. So it's like, wait a minute. So is it a problem or is it not? Like what, what they did with if, if them leaving. Are you OK yeah. with it now? But you weren't then. And like, like to me, it's like. If you want to, at some point, if you want to bring sides together under one umbrella, you almost, to my idea, would be like you have to like let bygones be bygones at that point. I don't think it's that easy, though. Right? Would but you if just, you've decided you to back? move that way, uh -huh. if you've decided to do that, why create more further animosity? I'd be like... Uh, you know, I, oh, I've decided that not only is, is live okay, they're going to be our, you know, the, the PIF is going to be our primary financial backer for the PGA Tour, all that. But since you guys did it, 
then we're slap on the wrist. You're, you're going to have a disciplinary action. I don't know. I don't know. I think Jay's got to make his whole his his players happy, and at the same time, he's got he's got a lot to figure out. That seems like a tough job. It's, it's a, a tough, tough job because you right can't now. make everybody happy. Exactly. I and think someone's p- going to be angry about it. Exactly. Because there's going to be at the end of the day, there's going to be. I think the people who are going to be calling for, if not verbally, you know, you just kind of have to assume calling for discipline are the guys who didn't take the money, stayed loyal. They're going to be like, you can't just let these guys back. Maybe they could give them like equity in the tour or something, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know how that would even work, but the, the whatchamacallit, the, um, the exempt status, that's in jeopardy now. Isn't that why they did this whole thing? So they didn't lose that? I thought so too. So that's another <laughs> thing I want to dig into here. Um, we had this, the, the PGA Tours uh, tax exempt status yes. is possibly coveted. Yeah, and it's I mean, possibly like on the chopping block. So um, Ron Wyden, who's a, uh, a U.S. senator, has introduced a bill to revoke the PGA Tours uh, tax exempt status. And, and um, Ron, uh, Ron is on one of the, um, he, I, and I, I don't honestly, I don't follow politics that closely or the Senate Same. that closely, but right. I can tell you he's on one of the commerce boards. Mm-hmm. So he's not just nobody. He's somebody who would oversee commerce and things like that so he's basically saying and and he took it the direction of of bringing the whole pif into this one of his quotes says an organization that betrays its own word and agrees to become a profit generator for saudi arabia's brutal regime has disqualified itself for tax exemption so he's definitely going that route yep um but in it it was also noted that PGA Tour, and that's what might have come out if they had gotten to the point with with Liv of getting into litigation and all the financials came out. The PGA Tour makes a lot of money. And that's what a lot of these these guys, I think, were indicating. I think even Phil from the start was saying the PGA Tour makes more money than you think and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Other entities, NFL, uh, I believe MLB, once they reached a certain revenue, it's my understanding that they voluntarily gave up their tax exempt status right right because mm-hmm. it's a lot of money that could be going back to the taxpayers sure yeah. by pay by them mm-hmm. paying their share of tax so there's going to be some other people on on the, the side of saudi money or no they're going to say like pg tour they're making so much money there's no reason that this should be run tax exempt they should have a tax liability they should have a tax responsibility so how long is this whole process going to take this? Here? Who knows? Yeah, and and like, this now we're talking something totally different. We're talking politics at this right. point. It could drag. Out. This could go one party versus the other. And then just end up nothing happening. And it could be nothing happening. It could have been just a, a dog and pony show. Who, who knows? Right. But it does raise a good point. And I feel like a lot of this talk about Jay having like the toughest job right now. His like. Just optics, like because mm-hmm. at this point, it's, a lot of this doesn't—it's not a good look on the PGA Tour even yeah, right. to have to deal. Like now, like people are seeing all this money. Like you got to look at from like uh, you know high up level and say like we're seeing these guys make incredible, stupid amounts of money. Yep. We're seeing the PIF, you know, from Saudi Arabia pouring billions of dollars now into it with the merger, mm-hmm. and the possibility of this being just a, a huge profit revenue generator and then all that money's going to go tax exempt? I, know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I see that. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm curious to see how that's going to unfold if it ever does. It, it, it is a lot of ways yeah. that it could go. But then going back to now we're Phil kind of fanning the flames right. here. 
So we've we've got this memo that comes out and and stating that there's going to be some pathways back, but there's going to be some disciplinary action. And and Phil comes out with a statement. He said, "Not a single player on Live wants to play PGA Tour. It will require a public apology and restitution to Live players for paying millions to clout media to disparage all of us. Uh, a better topic is future sanctions for the many players who now come to Live." <laughs> so he is like fully like keeping it very this this rivalry. Yeah, so he's it's saying it's always going to be like that. Find me, I'll find you. You know right. what I mean? What One does of the, he mean by the restitution for what? What was that? Uh, he's saying it would require public apology and restitution to live payers for for paying uh, paying millions to clout media to disparage all of us. So what he's so basically the saying is pay expenses. Yeah, he's ba- he, he's saying is that. If one of those pathways back to the PGA Tour was to issue a public apology and pay some sort of fine, right? He's saying that that would be silly for them to do, and in, in basically paying just to be disparaged by the media. Got it. Got it. I but, understand now. But I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I don't know. I I feel like he's speaking kind of. I could see for himself because also they they had talked about in this this whole pathway back possibly a sliding scale was another thing that was kind of thrown out there which was guys who were more vocally against the pga tour would have heftier fines yeah it, it it's great and by the way if mm-hmm. check out golficity.com guys we've got a incredible uh group of writers working on the site yeah, now the boys are um, killing it. they are really doing great mm-hmm. and this this is an article I'm, I'm i'm talking about here by by joey clender so if if you if you enjoy any of these news updates and stuff we love chatting about it here on the podcast but definitely check out the site because like i said a lot of guys are giving great uh opinions and takes on this and um joey kind of mentions in his article about this he goes i guess it's kind of like if you leave a company, it depends on how you leave, whether they take exactly. you back. Right. If you go out of their guns blazing, talking about the company, their pitfalls and yep. all that stuff. Mm. If there's a merger and it's time to come back, it's a little bit harder in the door than totally. somebody who just left for another opportunity. Right. So you got a guy like Phil, who's been the most vocal. Mm. He could have the most stiff penalties to come back. And no, then you got other back. guys like who didn't say much. Who you know, do you think would come back? Brooks Kepka. I agree. Anyone else? I think Cam Smith. Cam Smith. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. I could see I Cam coming guys. back. I could see Dustin Johnson coming back. I can even back. see Taylor Gooch coming back because I think he was friendly with a lot of guys on tour. He was. He made himself some good money on Liv. He has. But I'm thinking, I don't remember really Brooks uh, or Cam saying anything really disparaging about the PGA Tour on their right. way out. Right. In fact, if anything... Brooks in that Netflix documentary made it seem a little bit like he only joined live because of his injury, mm-hmm. um, which is I don't, Dustin yeah. Johnson. I think in the beginning there was DJ a little resigned. Yeah. So there's a little, yeah. little burning bridges from DJ when he like resigned his yeah. PGA tour status. Mm-hmm. I think he's all set with live. I think he's live for life. I think Phil's live for life. Pat Press, those guys are live for life. Yeah, but if, if DJ, he's still got so much gas in the tank. If he's he playing really well, you don't think he would want to come around I think for the Players' so, Championship? For No, I don't think he's got the four majors, and he's got the life that that dude wants right now. Mm. He is set. My man is set, DJ. Nothing that guy likes more than a weekend on the boat. and A, a weekend on the boat, and if he's got to play like 10 times a year and then just come play the majors? Well, that was set. another thing that was kind of brought up, was that a lot of these guys are saying they're not going to race back to the PGA Tour because they don't like the... We've had talked a lot this year about the aggressiveness of the elevated event yeah. schedule. 
And a lot of these guys are saying like, I'm not coming back if I'm required to play in all those elevated events. I left the PGA Tour so I could play less golf. Yeah. Now, my counterpoint to that is before the merger, all we saw was the live schedule growing. Mm-hmm. And those guys had obligations to play in those events. Yep. I think no matter what, you're a top-tier golfer. Just understand that part of your life is going to be playing a lot of golf. Because yeah. that's how the, all these tours make their money back is from your face being out there totally. on the weekend. Totally, I think man. just the idea of just being able to play 10 events and four majors a year, those, those days, if you're t- top tier, you just, that's a luxury I don't think you get. Yeah, no, no doubt. And even Phil. Because like, they all got to recoup their money. They all, absolutely. Yeah. I even see Phil going into maybe more of a leadership role. Can't you see him being the new Norman at one point, at some point? I could, like, except for the fact that he like still is a billion so, dollars to run it. But but that's the thing. You got to decide in your direction. Phil is still with comments like this are still so divisive. Are you going to have one ownership umbrella company own these two tours and let them operate as rivals? Or is that good for business? Maybe I, yeah, I just don't know, but it doesn't seem like sure for in the very beginning, it brought a lot of attention because everyone wanted to see like what, what mud was being thrown back and right. forth. But I think the consensus is that people are more of the mindset. Now they're kind of sick of it. They just want to see golf. They don't want to see guys throwing mud at each other. And I think if you're going to do that, why not be more towards bringing it together? Instead of fanning the flames, like whatever that may be. And like, that's why those guys get paid a mm. lot more than I do. They right. get paid a lot more to figure this out. Mm-hmm. But to me, it seems like to continue to set up and, and, and make it as though it's business as usual with your rivalry rather than finding ways of how we can we slowly, even baby steps, start to integrate these guys together. I don't know. I don't know. I think I, the idea of a rivalry sounds great. I think it makes more money. I think you have new fans for different tours. Yeah. I don't know. They may have to operate that way because there's guys who, are, might have to be. who are really set on this. On one side, you have Phil Mickelson. And then you have on the other side, like Rory McIlroy, who recently, I'll paraphrase because I don't remember Zach quote, but he said he would basically rather retire from the game than play, play and live. Right. So what do you do? Now, the only other thing I could think would be if the powers that be decide that the PGA Tour is what we want to keep as the ultimate and we are going to dissolve live. I mean, that's always a possibility, too. If they say it's not a good business decision for us to run two tours, so we're going to dissolve live. And at that point, these other guys have no choice but to either reconcile themselves to potentially playing back on the PGA Tour, if Mm. that's the top-tier tour. And also, uh, this in this group is also the DP World Tour, which I would say the secondary top-tier tour would be Mm. the European Tour, DP World Mm. Tour. If live was dissolved, these guys would have nowhere to play. Nowhere. But so it almost means like you'd have to reconcile yourself. So decisions need to be made. Do you continue to run two tours? And if you do, do you continue to run them as rivals? That I just don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But there's there's no doubt, like I said, if, if, if you just wiped my memory and I had no idea that, that this whole merger, you know, whatever you want, this, this bomb they dropped on us that this merger was going to happen, mm-hmm. If that news is erased from my mind, I would look at all the regular headlines that I'm seeing now and think business as usual. You know, uh, Phil is is throwing shade at the PGA Tour. Rory's talking about how he would never want to play for Liv. It's the same thing. But now it's like 
they're joining for you know yeah but they need i think they need leadership and i think they need direction because otherwise they're getting hammered they're getting hammered now from the government of pulling their 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 tax exemption status away they're getting the guys who are on each tour who are the most vocal are continuing to talk up someone needs to step in and say this is how we're gonna has this fan, put the flames out successfully you know? happened in sports like wwf wwe yeah, like a major, a major rivals merging. That became one. I mean, I don't, I don't really know much about the wrestling. No, nah, I think of it like outside. I think of like Sirius XM. Sirius. Do you remember when XM. Sirius and XM were at each other's throats, the two, and then they merged? Yep. And they had some growing pains. They had them worries about like whether it was going to be a monopoly, and they, yep. but they integrated together. You it's going to be lot. like. PGA live like PGA tour live like long live PGA like what is it you long know live PGA tour I don't know so <laughs> we have a lot to, to still see and, and like I said I always ask you guys weigh in with your comments we'd love to hear what you guys think on this whole thing but to me it's just like it seems like it's still a big mess so anyway a couple of things I wanted to check in on was one was the what's coming up the next big I think thing other than the FedEx Cup playoffs of course now with all the majors behind us is the Ryder Cup right so we've got Zach, like I know, Jay's in the. It's got a. It's a tough seat where he is right now, mm-hmm. but another tough seat is is where Zach Johnson is. Yeah, totally. And picking this it's team, gotta be a hard job. It's got to be a you hard know. job. So recently, um, we had uh, we had Freddie uh, just potentially, and you guys can be the deciders if you think that this is a, a full kind of leak or not. But he he recently um, was doing an interview. And he said, this is his quote. He said, I'll say Max Holm is going to be in Italy without getting anyone in trouble. Cam Young will be in Italy. Jordan Spieth, and a little question mark there, he said, will be in Italy. Right? (laughs) So, Freddie, right? He stopped short of saying anything about like Keegan Bradley or Justin Thomas. Right, and he, he and we'll talk about Justin Thomas in just a second because he, you know he did have a little bit of words on on how JT is and and his concern for him. But if that's the case. You know, captain's picks, and I'll, I'll, I'll look at the team now, the way it stands now. Look the lock-ins are this. Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon. This is what I'm talking about the U.S. team, of course. Yep. Brooks Kepka. <laughs> I never thought I'd say it. I know. Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka. Xander Schauffele and Patrick Cantlay are your six. Yep. Right? Captain's picks right now, and, and, and these are also based on points. These guys are knocking on the door. Max Homa. Cam Young and 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 Max. The thing is, why I'm not thinking this is too much of a leak. When you say a guy mm-hmm. like Max Homa and Cam Young and Jordan Speed, like they are just the three that are just outside of just being locked in. Right. Any one of those go, guys could go on a run in the FedEx totally. Cup, Absolutely. and they could just earn their way in. But basically, that's why I'm saying it's kind of like a no news situation. Fred, what Freddie was just saying is the three guys Seven, who are on nine. the bubble. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine. Like, these are three guys who could have been in anyway, right? So Cam Young, uh, Max Homa, Cam Young, Jordan Speed. Then beyond that, you have Keegan Bradley. These are the five names that you got to pick from. So, yeah, Keegan, go ahead. You got Keegan, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, Sam Burns. Then we get into Justin Thomas. Yeah. So going back to what we were saying about Justin Thomas. Poor Justin. Justin. Missed another cut. Um, and this is this is from last week. So this is prior to and before uh, Freddie and he obviously can't predict the future. If he can, then he'd really be something. But uh, he didn't know that 
he was going to miss the cut there too. But he said, I'm glad that JT is playing this week. You know, the whole world knows what JT has got to do. And he's basically, he's got to go to those, these next two stops and play well. Well, he did not play well at the three M and he missed the cut again. So JT is, he's fully in jeopardy right now. Um, It's, it's an interesting stat. Like he basically needs to win this coming week at the, uh, the Wyndham to, to get into the FedEx cup playoffs. There are other pathways to him getting the FedEx Cup playoffs, but it means a lot of lot of crazy stuff happening with other guys not That's getting points and stuff like that. And what was that news you dropped on me earlier with Justin in the playoffs? Well, here's the thing that's so interesting. With these new elevated events, that's it. if you're not in the playoffs, you're not automatically exempted into the elevated events for next year. So he's setting himself up to have to earn his way into the elevated events next year. Can you imagine elevated events without Justin Thomas? I can. And like the only thing on your schedule are these ones where I hate to say it, you only win like a million bucks if you win as opposed to three million. Yeah. That's got to rub a guy like JT the wrong way, especially like a proven winner. That's got to be tough. So now with the FedEx Cup, you only top 70 make the playoffs this year. He, he dropped got hit by that too. What? He got hit by that new rule too. That's new. Right. He would be in the playoffs. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. But he dropped down to 79th after after missing the cut again. So he's he's really got to do something to get into these playoffs. And if he misses it, it would be the first time he misses the playoffs, maybe in his career. I don't remember exactly, but he's been to like seven or eight straight FedEx Cup playoffs. He's been he a one. Ryder Cup straight. You know, I think he's won a FedEx Cup. I think he did win the FedEx Cup. Mm-hmm. He's got a. Um, he's got majors. He's it's got, got a streak of Ryder Cups. So now he's on the bubble with this. But I think what it, it is interesting is it just kind of shows, and in a way, I think it's enlightening for us as, as regular golfers to so, say, like, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. You can your game can come and go. No doubt. Because no doubt. he's not changed anything major. He's not gone to a uh, a new coach and changed his swing. Yeah. So, I mean, with that said, do you, you want my captain's picks? I do. I want you to sit in the captain's chair right now. Uh, you're Zach Johnson. You know I'm a big JT guy. And I want you to think, like, okay, if you if you were looking at that lineup right now and you see JT's current performance, and JT's already he said he's not pulled his name out of the hat. He wants to be in the Ryder Cup. If you saw that, do you go on JT's past performance and say, the kid will get it sorted, I'm going to put him on the team, and means sitting somebody else, somebody else opportunity goes by the wayside, mm-hmm. or do you say, I just his play is just just not in a place right now where I can risk it? Yeah, so my take is I, I don't <clears throat> I don't go with JT. I sit him. I don't go and then you know what? I think it's more of like if he does pick him, it's almost like he's picking a friend. I, I'd hate to like say like, oh well, JT will show up and, and he'll he'll rock it up, but he hasn't shown up. So what right. makes you think he's going to do it there? I know it's a different setting. It's maybe 1v1 or 2v2, whatever the case may be. But honestly, I'm going I'm going Keegan number one. Okay. No doubt. Because I think that dude's electric. I think he's been in Ryder Cup. Uh, are you before. saying Keegan, assuming Homa, Young, and Speed Assume go? those guys are on. Okay. And you need three more, right, out of those five? You need three. Yeah, uh, you I, need 12 I, total. So. I go definitely Keegan. Uh-huh. I think Morikawa would be a great pick for that. I think he was knocking on the door. I think even in Detroit, he was playing well. He almost won there. Uh, when did he lose the playoff to Ricky Fowler? Yeah. You know, and then I go right down the list. I just go right to Ricky because I think it's his year. I think he's trending. You want a guy who's trending mm-hmm. in an event that electric, yeah. in my opinion, as opposed to a guy that's declining. I don't think the electricity of the event's going to turn them around. 
I like that Ricky pick. The other one that I kind of like as a as a as a kind of sleeper captain's pick is Tony Finau. Yeah, he'd be, he's a great team player. Too. Yeah, and he's a guy he he does well in match play. I could see him doing something, but that's a good yeah one, for a right now. Unless if I'm sitting in that seat, unless JT, because these guys don't forget they could it could change like, and that's the thing that JT's been hoping for. He's still got the his game has the class to be able no to do doubt. it. I think. If something clicks with him and he wins the Wyndham, gets his way into the FedEx Cup. That's an easy pick, I think. Then I think you put him on. He's trending. Yeah, you put him on. But if he's middle of the pack or missing the cut at the Wyndham and he's sitting out the FedEx Cup playoffs, I think it's a, it's a tough look to put him on the, the, the tough team. Tough look, yeah. Because it also puts a lot of pressure on him. And, and just kind of trying to get an idea of what is it with JT right now, I think it's that he's overthinking it. He's putting too much pressure on himself, and I think the longer he goes where he struggles like this, the harder it becomes for him to reco- recover from it, mm-hmm. and he's just, he, I think he's talking himself out of confidence and things like that. What what inevitably always happens when these guys turn the corner, it's that they like, I just had to stop worrying about it and go have fun out there. Yeah. Right, it's right. like that's always seems to be the thing, that seems to and be it. and I think right now he's the opposite of that. He's playing with like like you could tell with like a lot of of when am I going to turn around? When am I going to play that? Like it's I don't think it's a technical thing. I think it's a yeah. mental thing. Yep. And uh, who knows? Maybe a visit to his good buddy, Mister Tiger Woods, might turn. You know, I think he needs a mental kick. Mental you need kick. Tiger like 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 on the old movie Airplane whenever like. The person's like going crazy and they all slap him. Yeah. Maybe everybody line up and just slap JT and just say, get him back into gear. Right. Something. Something. But I, I think it's a mental thing. Uh I think he just he just needs to get back to like just play, play, don't worry about what happens. Mm-hmm. Um I because there's no doubt all the stuff we're talking about is on his mind too. Making the playoffs, making the elevate events, making the Ryder Cup, it's on his mind too. He'll get it sorted one day. Yeah. Soon. He will. I mean, no, no different than him. Now we're talking about Ricky, who we never thought we would be talking about. Never here. thought about it. Ricky took a long time, and there were swing changes. He got it sorted. Yep. It just, you know, you got to figure it out. He got his win back. These guys will do it. But Couple if nothing else, sessions. it makes, in a way, it kind of makes me feel better about my own game because, like, sometimes like, you feel like you're playing well, and then you'll shoot 15 strokes above what you normally would do, and you're like, whoa, I don't have this game figured out at all. These guys are no different. JT going out there and shooting 82 or whatever, is 15, 20 strokes higher than what he could shoot. Right. So That's the scary part. It's golf. Anyway, let's do a break there. Let's do a word from our sponsors. I want to come back. One more thing I want to talk about with equipment. There was kind of a surprise shocker we saw on the LPGA Tour. Uh-huh. And then I want to dive into uh, some of our own plans, what we've got coming up, and even get some of your opinions on some travel stuff that you might like to see us do next year. Yeah, Give us some of that insight. We'll, we'll hear from you guys as well. So let's do a quick word from our sponsors. We'll jump right back into it. The Vokey Design SM9 wedges are a product of superior handcrafted technology, and each one is an instrument of creative control, created from the most advanced materials, engineered to, li- to deliver that ideal flight and spin, with grinds designed to release your best wedge play possible. Truly, there are many ways you can make a wedge, but there's only one way to make a Vokey. The Titleist Design SM9 wedges, superior handcrafted technology. Find yours at Vokey.com. 
FootJoy is the number one shoe in golf because they offer the widest selection of sizes, styles, and performance options of any golf shoe out there. Whether it's the all-new Hyperflex and Hyperflex Carbon, which is finely tuned to power your game, or even the Premier Series, the shoe that is far and away the choice of more tour players than any other shoe, worn by people like JT, Max Homa, Zelatoris, Cam Young, Jessica Corda, and many, many more. So trust the brand that's been number one forever. Trust your game to FootJoy, the number one shoe in golf. All right, so um, diving back into this, one thing, and I wanted to get your opinion on this because it, it was kind of like a made some waves over the weekend. I, I, we've seen this in, in a few different places. You don't see it often, mm-hmm. um, but Nelly Corda making a game day decision to go back to her old equipment. Um, I thought something that it raises eyebrows. I want to get your take on this anyway and just kind of speculate because we we don't know what's in these guys' contracts. You got to assume it's to play the equipment though, right? Yes, but I'm saying, <laughs> of course. Of but I course. mean, like, this is what, the, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. but like, but I, no, of course. Yeah, it's to play the equipment. That, that's just like the one-line contract. Nelly <laughs> yeah. uh, Corda hereby agrees to play tailor-made, right. signed, whatever. Right. So she's tailor-made, but she went back to what? She went back to Titleist, Titleist. which is where she just came from, yep. right? Um, but not throughout the bay. What it was is, uh, long story short, Nelly was struggling, hitting fairways, shot at some tough scores. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on moving day, on Saturday this past weekend, she, she made the last-minute switch to put her Titleist TSR1 driver back in the bag, came back out, fired a 64, and put herself back into contention. So she put her stealth two driver away. Now, again, like this is where I want to speculate. Like I don't know what's in these contracts. Right, right. A lot of their these players' money are, of course, is made from these big contracts. But they're also they want to win. They make money winning. There's got to be in a way. There's got to be like a balance in their Mm -hmm. mind of saying like, what's it worth to me? I just wonder. And we've seen this with other players too. They've they've made these switches before. If you do that, or I even think like t- Tiger recently with the, the Nike shoes, shoes and yeah. wearing FootJoy shoes, right. right? He's got a Nike contract. Do you think that these brands find them when that happens? Or do you think these brands are just supportive and just being like, hey, it is what it is. We want you to play your best. <laughs> like, I don't just hopefully come back. Like, I'm really, I'm really it's wondering. It's so hard. It's so hard. Because it's, it's, it is no matter what, it's not a good look. No, because it's not. I a mean, lot of people take with a grain of salt. And we, we actually recently, we talked about this on the podcast, that we, there was a poll out there that surprisingly very few people pick their equipment based on what the players play. Right. So a lot of people, like, they don't play tailor-made just because Nelly plays tailor-made. Okay, we get that. But people take it with a grain of salt and realize that a lot of guys are playing equipment. And this is why we don't put a lot of credence into it. It's like they're playing that equipment because they're paid to play that equipment. Correct. I think apparel we will do, but not equipment as amateurs. Yeah. I'll buy yes, Nike well, I want to look like, like my guy out there, right. whatever. I get that. But what I'm saying is like we don't necessarily pick our equipment based on what the players are doing because right. we're saying – that guy's just paid to play that club. That's why he pays that. Mm-hmm. I don't put a lot of credence to that. I think where people do, their eyebrows are raised, is when somebody makes a choice to play something and either is not paid to do that or totally goes against what they're paid to do. Right. So now I think a lot of people raise eyebrows and be like, wait a minute, I, I, I might have to go try that Titleist driver myself. You're telling me she 
She bucked her yeah. her contract obligation just to play that driver. There must be something good right. about it. You're then right. I think it raises eyebrows. But it makes me wonder, like, does does this like does she get fined? Does Taylor May just say like, okay, it's no problem, or they use that as a, a PR to like make us better? I have no idea. I have no idea because I think Taylor May was struggling with some other players. They were like we saw with Rory, Rory um, around the players. He put the new stealth driver away, and and people will always give a little bit of leeway to, it, especially with new piece of equipment. Like maybe it's still ironing out, whatever. I, yeah, I don't right. know, but right. no matter what, there's got to be something in that contract that says they're allowed to use other equipment for some whatever reason. Yeah, or what? Somehow. Or what? I know. Or what? Like it, like. Sure, like maybe maybe behind the scenes, it's like she they take ten thousand dollars off of like as a fine for for because her deal is a full bag deal with TaylorMade, which means every club should be right, TaylorMade. Uh -huh. And it it can't be easy for her because these players also want to make their supporting sponsors look good. Sure, it can't. It could not mm -hmm. have been an easy decision for her to say take that out and put my Titleist driver back in the bag. It could not have been. 100%. I mean, I'm sure there were conversations about it. You know, they probably don't just blindside the OEM with it. You know, I, I don't I know. I would right. I, I would think like she probably calls up her tailor-made rep and said, listen, I don't want you to be the first seat on television. Right. I, the, the driver's not working for me. I'm putting the Titleist driver back in the bag. At that point, you're just like, there's probably just crickets on the They're phone. They're like, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And we did. You're right. We did see it with Tiger. And Nike. Nike's a shoe company. Right. And for him to just say, yeah, I'm, I'm done with the Nike shoes. Well, maybe he'll be back after his surgery. And, and there, to me, it would be like, I don't know if I was like in that situation, Tiger having his unique issues he had with his feet, the plantar fasciitis, stuff like that. And finding that the foot joy, the premieres were the only thing that was comfortable enough for mm -hmm. him to play. You, you're Tiger Woods. You have the direct ear of Nike. Correct. I think I literally tell Nike, be like, yo, you guys got like three weeks, like find a shoe that just works for me. Build it. I don't care if it's a one-off, one of one. One of one. Go mold my feet. Build that thing. And yeah. build that thing or otherwise I'm playing with these foot joys. Right. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't done that already. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I even thought like, okay, for one major, he comes out there and surprise everyone. He's not. He doesn't have his Nike. One right. No, but I'm saying he no. like. <laughs> that everyone can't wait for one. Like, what's he, what's then the it goes on the then be? it goes on the auction block and sells for a million dollars exactly. afterwards. But what I'm saying is, when I first saw Tiger make that switch for that weekend, I thought, okay, it's a one weekend right. thing. Nike didn't have enough time to make something that that fits right. for him. Um, but now he's been playing like a year with the year. By now, Nike put something together. I bet he's tried it. I bet he's working on it. I he, bet he's got to be. But like a guy like Tiger, who A, doesn't need the money, B, I'm sure Nike and them yeah. got, they don't dictate anything to Tiger. I don't think they're fining him. Yeah. And, right. Mean, but there's others. Like this is just one example. Nelly, it, it happens. It just makes me think, like, I guess if. If it were me and if I were tailor-made and one of my players has that yeah. bad of a look, I would have to do something. I would have to be like, maybe this isn't working. We part ways. I know. Like I, I know. I, I can you imagine a fire be. back? Like the next week it's like tailor-made drops Nelly. Right. Like, I don't know. But like Shoot to probably. me, it's like it's kind of a tough look to not do anything and just let that happen. I know. And that was recent. This is last reason. weekend. And, this and was that? I guess. I guess the real question is: the Saturday round is when she switched, or the Sunday? Because I want to know if it was a Saturday, did she come out again with it Sunday? 
I, I assume she did come out with it again on Sunday. Of course. But um, Golf's so mental if she shot a 64 she, with that She driver, comes out Saturday down. with the Titleist driver. She hits eight fairways and shoots 64. Yeah. So she's going to leave that in the bag. She's got to figure out some things. She most likely, <laughs> what what's probably happening, I would imagine the first thing that she's doing is going, because you're not going to do this in the middle of a, of a tournament. But... Right after that tournament, I would imagine she's getting back with TaylorMade and making whatever tweaks need. The, I guess the only way to kind of like save that face would be maybe she goes back to TaylorMade's the kingdom, right? Like fly out there, get your thing redialed, and then have some sort of statement of being like, I just needed some adjustments and get mm-hmm. refit or whatever. But for now, I just went back to the trusty Titleist for right. for that one round. But I'm back with TaylorMade. Like I don't know how else <laughs> yeah, you save it. That's not going to work. I don't know how else you save it, but like... Unless she says like there was a defect in the club, but you can't say that you yeah, can't no, because like the last thing that the manufacturers want is that because then now you've got every Joe Schmo who played a bad round on Saturday with their driver being like oh, that was a defect, <laughs> Jim. I'm not paying you. There was a defect in my driver, just like Nelly. Yeah, and now everybody's running back to the store, be like, check mine. Yeah, you know, true, I didn't true. play as well as I thought I would. Yep. Yep. That's a nightmare. I don't know. That's a nightmare. So maybe stick with title. You guys, you guys weigh in what you think. But like I said, this is not the only time it's happened where a player has kind of gone against their, their what do you call it? Yeah. Their their contract. I don't know if anybody has any particular insight into these these uh, contracts. Let us know in the comments what you what it is like. Do these guys get I'm fined? Curious. I'm very curious. Yeah. I'm very curious. All right. The other thing we want to talk about real quick is just our upcoming schedule and and one thing that believe it or not, I mean. August already, um, our yeah. kind of we're already looking ahead to next. I think we year. crushed it this year, dude. We had some great trips this year. Front load of the year with some incredible destinations. Sea Island, Georgia oh, was tr- fantastic. In fact, I was um, I was just at a, one of my kids' birthday parties this past weekend, and I was talking to another one of the dads there, and he said he plays some golf, but his brother was a big golfer, and um, they had just played Harbor Town. There you go. And he said they had a great family trip down there. He said they mostly the beach, but he snuck away to play his round at Harbor Town. I'm asking him how it was, and we it's on our list to get down there and play. He said all the all the golf down there is great. Um, he said though his brother, who plays a lot of golf, was saying it was good, but it was it didn't hit the caliber of him of like a Kiwa. Mm-hmm. Something like like the ocean was like he was yep. saying the same thing, and I geek out about that, so I was talking about the ocean course with him. So, so I was saying like the only thing that I found that kind of like rivaled that experience a little bit was our recent trip to Sea Island. Yeah. I, I think I, as you of right now, I would, I would put it up there at that. And, and we haven't had a chance to experience uh, firsthand, um, uh, what do you call it, Harbor Town. But from just what I know about it, I almost put like Sea Island ahead of it, of Harbor Town. Okay. And not Kiwa. Not Kiwa. I was so impressed with our experience at Sea Island that it's almost like I now I want to go do Harbor Town just to see just if to it, see. how it compares. But the two great courses that you have there, I, I, I don't know. It was just it kind it of blows incredible. my mind that you have Kiowas above Sea Island, a place that I put so high on my list of. Like, oh, you haven't played Sea Island. I mean, you haven't played Kiowa exactly. yet. Yeah, it's, you, you know, and I think actually. So speaking of that, I think that is on our list for twenty fourth. Yeah, I think baby. That, <laughs> better be i think it's on our list with like osprey and all those ones in the well that was the other thing i didn't get to experience all the other courses experienced the gem the crown jewel but you didn't get to venture out but this is what i told the guy too i said tell your brother if like if he's looking for like a really great golf experience and if he enjoys kiwa 
go to Whistling Straits mm-hmm. because that was the other one for me that was way up there. I was so impressed with Whistling Straits playing there, but even more so, it was the fact that you had four fantastic golf courses in one spot. Totally. There's a lot of other ones, like totally. even like a Harbor Town, great golf course, but it, there's not a lot right there that rivals it. Yeah. It's like it feels like it's a one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Sea Island, you had the plantation and the the ocean, or is it the seaside? Which are the two? The, the plantation and the seaside. I think that's in the, yeah. Yes. Which we didn't get to play, so we played the plantation. No, we didn't play the plantation. No, we played the seaside. <laughs> the retreat. The, the retreat, retreat was the other seaside, one. Seaside, the plantation. But what yeah. I'm saying is two great one-two punches. Yep. Uh, out in Kiwa, you've got that. You got the Osprey. You got some other great courses. But out in Wisconsin, you've got this the um, what do you call it? Whistling Straits, and then the Irish. Awesome one-two punch that's, right there. That's top three ultimate thirty-six days in my opinion. Suns sunrise on the whistling on the Straits. Yeah. Sunset on the Irish, like we did. Sick. It was right. ridiculous. Sick. But then on top of that, Black Wolf Run Run is part of that. And that's what I honestly, I went into it not knowing a lot of Midwest golf, mm. not knowing a lot about it. I didn't, you know, it didn't, it wasn't on my radar. Whistling Straits was, but Black Wolf Run wasn't. And when we went over there playing those two other courses, the River and Meadows Valley were fantastic. Yeah. To I would yeah. even travel to play those courses again. They were so I, good. I told the buddy, the, Meadow, the Meadows Valley was my least favorite course there, and that course was dope. It was, <laughs> right. And he was like, all right. I'm and then the baths. Yes, the baths was one of my favorites. It was, which is their little short course. So like yeah. I said, there's a lot of like great golf in one place. But anyway, going back to ours. So Kiwa is, is right I, now it's penciled. It's not penned in, but we're penciled. pretty certain it's going to happen in the spring. Yep. Yep. So we'll have a nice series coming from that one. What else we got? Looking over here now, you educated me on Sand Valley. Speaking yeah, of I want to do it so bad. Now, would how many courses are at that resort? I believe you have four and a short. Four so, courses and a short. So course. it's like a it's like a Kohler situation. And again, it's not like you have this one premier course, and then the other stuff is just like. But they got that eh. Lido you were mentioning. Yeah, that's the. Is that well, you have it depends on what you can define as the right true. because like Lido is hot at the moment because of the story Tom Doak he right, just did right. it, but Sand Valley, um, and then you've got at least Sand Valley is, is the the course to play while you're there, but then you've got multiple courses right there that are all top, you know, twenty so top fifty off. public courses. No, they're uh, at oh, they're, that's Sand Valley. Okay. at Sand Valley. Okay, you've got at least two courses that are top ranked. Yeah, public I courses they look sick. they're just absolutely sick they've got these great cabins you can stay in there and then Lido is it, it was that lost long island golf course that threw and i i really enjoy this stuff the historic parts of things and we kind of we get into it a lot in our road to pine valley which we're doing yep. now but um which i have a funny story about that okay yeah go ahead but like just just through old pictures Aerial imagery. When you, know, you say lost, like it was a popular club that it just closed down. Or it, what happened? It was whether I don't remember the exact story. Whether it became a development, someone bought the land, whatever. But the golf course is no longer there. And it had and it was a beloved golf course. This guy recreated it. Yes, Dope and it was said, it, right? it was one of those things. Again, you get into a lot of the architectural purists mm. who basically say like the layout was so incredible. It was it was a course that never really should have been lost. Yeah lost to time but then they were able to re- recreate it 
out at Sand Valley. And I've just been lately just very obsessed with like this Midwest golf and doing it this because I it's so it's great, great. I'm, the I'm weather in the summer I'm you're on you. the lake it's just I'm with you it's a different part of the country we're not used to I we're love gonna it do too. it what about um would you venture off and do Aaron Hills on a trip like that or is that oh, set, I would set? love to it just depends on the time there's just so much public? great Wisconsin course I don't even know if Aaron Hills you can is. get out on it yeah. yeah Aaron Hills yep but All there's right. just so much great so stuff I think there. Wisconsin we talked about Kiowa I'm looking at our list up here Pinehurst. Yeah, we got to do Pinehurst. Right. Another Again. Tom Doak, the, the new number 10 that's there, is set to open in the spring. But this would be great because this is the first time for us going, I believe, going back to a spot that we've already been to. Yeah. You know how we always say, like, if we go back there, this is what we would do? Yes. So now we know. And now we know. And I think if we went back there, the perfect lineup for us, and I'm talking about the Pinehurst air area because we want to venture off for a second. Yep. I would do love nothing more than to play number the new number ten, if assuming it's open, because mm -hmm. we we didn't obviously play it last time because it wasn't there. Number two again, I'd love nothing more than get another crack at that, especially with the U.S. Open coming there this year. Yep. Number four, no doubt. Which low key, I kind of liked better than number of, two. Yeah, kind of rivals. I know it's two. hard to say that out loud, but like I think anyone who's played number two, and number four, there's some people who might be able to like of that opinion too. Yep. And I. I no doubt. Just enjoy number before. four more. Number four, the cradle again. Got to do the cradle. And now they've got that permanent bar there. Because previously, remember had, it was a cart? Like yeah, when we were there, they had like a... The pine cone? The pine cone. Yeah. The little cart. <laughs> right. Now they've got a better establishment there. But we had so much fun at the, at, at the, uh, the cradle. I'd loop it at least once. And then I got to get back and play Tobacco Road again. Tobacco Road. It's just a special place. It's super special. We know we're going to do that. And then we have to go back to the Pinehurst Brewery. Mm -hmm. those, those are the best chicken wings I've ever had in my life. Yeah. You have to get the Sunday if we stay at the Carolina. <laughs> That's right. You, you have the to Sunday. get the ice you cream the Sunday. Middle because, of the ice yes, Sunday. Uh, there's so many things that you have to do, redo, and it's so just a, a special place. A so perfect world that. for us next year would include travel series to Kiowa, Sand Valley, Pinehurst, and maybe one or two other fill-ins. Who know? Maybe even Harbortown. Maybe. Maybe. I'm sure we're going to bounce around. I think we were going to go out to Florida and shoot some instructional content. Well, the other one for me that's been on the list forever has been Streamsong. I want to do it. You know what? That's like so far down for me. You, this, you, you need no, to look at some the, pictures. This is the one, I think the one destination that we kind of disagree on. I will do it because it's a great name. It'll film great. What you're do in you the not like? Nowhere. So what? I know. Well, you're there for the golf anyway. We don't do anything else. That's true. <laughs> what do you care we're there for? The wings. He's got the wings. That's mine. They got a restaurant there. No, but it, like, I've, it's it's a pretty desolate area from what I heard. Like, there's nothing there. I know that we don't really venture off, but are the courses that great? I don't know. And, they are okay. Shaking his head. Stream song. Put I want to do stream song. It's also it's my kind of golf. I love that linksy, like wide open, like tight fairways, sand everywhere. Water or you just no, 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 no water. Sand. Yeah, you're just lots on of, like a field of sand. Lots of sand, yeah. but unique characteristics. Very modern. I love. I want to check out that clubhouse, a new modern clubhouse. But for me, I I like that. I feel like you can stay there. At Stream Song and get four great rounds. In. All right, and that's all I want to do. Too now, I think. A, there's a, yeah, they got a short like course, a holes or something, something like that. Know, I love these short courses, so I want to try it. All right, Stream Song. And, and by the way, Road to Pine Valley. Uh, speaking of that, next year, I think. By the way, I pulled this up. I want to share this with you real quick. In my notepad, I started talking about. That's <laughs> so funny. Trips for next year. <laughs> Come on, here it comes. So, so Road to Shinnecock. 
This is the order of the New York list. Shinnecock, National, Fisher's Island, Wingfoot West, Friars Head, Oak Hill, Bethpage Black, <laughs> Sabonic, Maidstone, Sleepy Hollow, top 10. Then if you want to creep a little bit, because we know we like some 20s and some some, some teen-ranked courses, uh, the ones that are like 13, 14, 15, Wingfoot East, Garden City, Quaker Ridge, Hudson National, Piping Rock, so on and so forth. So next year, I'm loving this series we're doing so much, Road to Pine Valley. There's so much history we're uncovering we didn't even know about New Jersey. Yeah. I'm sure there's so much history we, we, we will uncover doing New York. I think we do New York because we're having so much fun. But I'll tell you guys, filming this series has been our biggest grind ever. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you might be like, but it's right in your home state. I get that. There's really not much like air travel or like, you know, lodging needed, but just the organization. And big reaching state. out to these courses. <laughs> We're moving around. It's a big state. And it's a big state, too. You know, yeah. so like some of these trips, like, I mean, Matitacock was like an hour, 45 minute drive. Yeah. You know, right in our state. So, so speaking of that, uh, we had a course that's in the top 10. I think it's ranked eighth in the state. And everybody, it's called Hollywood Golf Club. And mm. everybody was like, is Hollywood on your list? That place is ridiculous. So at the, in April, when we were pitching it to all the courses, there were a lot that came back and said no. The funny thing was is they didn't understand what we were trying to do. They just thought it was something else than what we were coming yeah. to do. So when I sent them like some content that we've been shooting along the way, he saw it and he was like, guys, this is great. Sorry for the misunderstanding. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and, and I can't like, blame these guys because like here we are, we're just trying to, like it's a lot easier to, to see something than to tell someone about it. 100%. And before we started filming The Road to Pine Valley, it was just like, well, what do you guys want to do? Like, they, they're not quite getting like it. you so, want to just come take some aerials? Like, we yeah, did that already. Like, right. We and, got that done. And a lot of these courses, they don't film regularly, so they mm -hmm. don't really know what we're, we're looking to do. So one of the projects with The Road to Pine Valley was to get a couple filmed and to scramble together some clips for concept. Yeah. Because it's just like, really I said, it's so much easier. And also, don't forget, all these courses are private, so it's not just one yes you need. Often it's many. It's often the board. It's, it's the world, director so of call. Right. So a lot of times it's like, here's a clip. This is what we were looking to do at your course and circulate it. So show it to the board. Show it to the director of call. Show it to the club president. Show it to whoever needs mm -hmm. to to say, like, we'd love to have you be a part of this story. Right. And the story is the great golf here in new jersey and and we'll do some podcasts supporting it too i i want to maybe get like uh john cavalier links gems to get him involved he's taking some show. incredible pictures at the all of these that book we got I yeah blanking on his name i gotta look it up but we just got a big book on like the story of new jersey golf and and that, that's why we wanted to do the road to pine valley because we wanted to bring to life just how great so much golf is here and how far back the history goes we're, we're, we're we've interviewed countless historians for this project yeah. going back to bobby jones playing these courses thomas edison member at essex county uh, thomas edison we were in the vault i mean at essex we have um uh, and even like digging into stuff that i never knew until i was there and i think a lot of people don't know these stories but like just how baltusrol was you know a certain aspects of Baltusrol were the motivation for Augusta National, right? And those stories and uncovering those, it's just, I just think it's really cool, and I think it's something that we'll get to relive for a long time through these stories. So I I'm looking it. forward to it's it. It's such a great thing, and you know it's so great. We got to pat ourselves on the back because no one's done this. Yeah, and you know I think like it's cool, and I think it's something that our road to concept. I think it's something we're gonna continue, and I think you can road to 
any of the top courses in any state. Yeah. And you can row to Whistling Straits, which is something maybe we will do. All right. Um, but I think row two is going to be a big thing for us. So that right there, I mean, that sets up like the first half of our year next year. So I would love to know from you guys, like there must be trips that I still have never heard of. Like you educated me on Sand Valley. I'll take more of those recommendations. I'm usually the guy who starts to kind of plan these trips for the team. So yeah. Shoot them in the comments. And for recommendations, we love nothing more than, like, like I said, being able to play a lot of great golf, you know, close to each other. So if there's a, either, like, some of these resorts that have, like, a couple of great uh, courses or if there's a lot of courses, like, kind of in the same area that we can we can get through yeah. and try them all. We're not afraid of Caribbean water either, guys. Yeah. I mean, cast at the camp. I, I want to do that, too. Yeah. So we got a lot of good stuff. And, and, and stay tuned for the Road to Pine Valley. That's going to be premiering in uh, mid-September. Um, and I think it's going to be like a 10 to 12 episode series, depending on how many courses we score. So that one's going to be our biggest series ever. And right now if, on the main channel, we're, we're right midway point into the, uh, the Myrtle beach series. And this week is Caledonia, which is my favorite, which was yeah. both of our favorites from the trip yeah, for a lot of reasons. Trip. And Mike strands and talk about history and, and architecture. It's all, it's all in there. Yeah. So go and check that out. Um, all right. So that's everything we have for you guys this week. Stay tuned for next week. We've got some interviews that we got lined up, some, some great guests that are going to be on the show. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you again next week.